Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Piller. On today's show, we are going to look at the 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame class, including the first ever Senator draft pick inducted. Of course, the bad news is Daniel Alfredson and Brian Murray will have to wait at least another year. But let's spin that into good news because we are 32 hours away from the NHL draft lottery. So Brandon and I will spin our tankathon wheel one final time and get into draft prospect number eight. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, June 25th. I mentioned we're 30 plus hours from the draft lottery stay tuned on twitter at send central we're going to be doing some live stuff throughout the lottery and of course leading you right up to that but the big news out of the hockey world the 2020 hockey hall of fame class has been announced and both senators will have to wait another year brian murray passed on in the builder category i have no idea why and Daniel Alfredson passed on as a player in his fourth attempt. However, on the first ballot, Jerome McGinla, Marion Hossa, the Senators' first draft pick put into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Pillar, those two were absolute locks. Absolute locks. I mean, I don't think if you looked uh, leading up to this induction, I don't think you could have found a single person that said Jerome McGinley wasn't a first-class uh, ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe a couple people disputing Hosa, but I would say for the most part, people considered him a first-class. I mean, if Hosa didn't get in this year, he's getting in next year. So I think that uh, there wasn't too much surprise there. But there was a couple names, uh, or at least one name specifically on there that surprised me. I don't know about you, Ross, but... Uh, I wasn't around for the 80s dynasty and uh, of the Oilers, but... Kevin Lowe, that seems like it's a bit of a, and I, I hate using the term, but that seems like a bit of an old boys club kind of move, you know? Like, his the highest point total he ever had was 46 points, which for a defenseman, that's nothing to uh, uh, get upset about. That's a solid year. But when you're part of these dynasties like that, I mean, it almost feels like, like he's successful by association, you know? Like, if he's not on those Oilers teams and puts up those same numbers... Is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. But then when you got more cup rings than you can fit on one hand, like that's pretty impressive, even if you're just part of a franchise that did so well, a dynasty, really. You're still a part of it, and they felt they needed to keep you there for the success, and you helped contribute to that success. So I don't want to take that away from him, but just seemed like uh, kind of a weird one to happen right now, especially when you've got guys like uh, Daniel Alfredson, uh, Keith Kachuk, uh, Sergey Gonter, like there's so many other names that are still waiting to get in. Alexander Mogilny, like come on. Um, so I think just the timing of that was a little weird with the Kevin Lowe one. Uh, Ross, we talked. I I joked. I thought you were saying he got in as a builder, which would have been even more uh, disturbing. Not disturbing, but disappointing because uh, his version of the Edmonton dynasty didn't go so well when he was managing. Yeah, that's fair. At the same time, you have to recognize the the team success. And I learned something also. The Edmonton Oilers don't retire the jersey number of anyone who's not in the Hall of Fame. So expect that honor to be bestowed upon uh, Kevin Lowe soon. Gretzky's talked at length about how important he was kind of playing that more defensive aspect. But how crazy is this? 
the year that Gretzky has the all-time points record in the NHL, 215 points in 80 games, Kevin Lowe played in 74 of those 80 games and finished with 18 points, including 16 assists. And you you got to think that that's point night every night when Wayne Gretzky's going out there averaging four, four and a half points a game. So the fact that he couldn't get on the board offensively and in the five years that Gretzky averaged over 200 points, that's where you'll find the three best of Kevin Lowe's seasons. Actually, the only three times he ever had over 40 points, let alone like the 60 or 70 that we saw from the other player inductee who we haven't mentioned yet, Doug Wilson, who had an offensively astounding career. Ottawa native as well, so um, lots of love there. Played for the 67s under Brian Kilray and has gone on to do great things for the San Jose Sharks and the Ottawa Senators um, because, as everyone knows, the draft lottery is so exciting because of Doug Wilson and the all-in move that he went in for Eric Carlson. And shout-out for re-signing him too, adding another second-rounder to Ottawa's cabinet. Uh, in next year's draft. So um, Doug Wilson, definitely deserving. You're right on Kevin Lowe, but let's get into the 12th overall pick from the 1997 draft when the Ottawa Senators took Marion Hosa. Fun fact, Ian Mendez tweeted it out. Uh, Marion Hosa actually has more regular season goals with the Ottawa Senators than any other team. Of course, Chicago being next, only two less, 186. But the Haas, like he had his own goal song when he was in Ottawa. Uh, which was awesome growing up. Like he's one of the first players, and I think I mentioned before on the podcast, one of my best friends growing up was Slovakian, so I always had a keen eye for Hosa and Chera and Peter Bondra, who he'll probably get his due because the the beauty we talked about those two being the only Slovaks um, with over 500 NHL goals and Pilsy. I think what separates him and makes him such a, a first ballot is his two way game and three Stanley Cups in in that Chicago Blackhawks dynasty, playing such a big role. It was him and Kane throughout the whole thing. Patrick Sharp kind of went up and down the lineup, but those two were just tied at the hip, and what a better running mate for Taves to have early in his career than than Marion Hossa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, Hossa really, you knew he was an incredible player playing with the Senators, and then when that deal happened, sending him to the Thrashers, he just continued to thrive, but you knew he just needed to find the right landing spot to really show how much he could shine. And took him a couple tries, though. Uh, didn't go so well in Pittsburgh. He thought, okay, the Red Wings beat me in the finals. I'll skip over to Detroit and win the Cup next year. That didn't work out so great either for him. But then he finally gets to Chicago. And it's pretty crazy. Going from uh, Stanley Cup final with three different teams in three consecutive years. And then he lands in Chicago. Like you said, has great running mates with Taves and Kane. And he wins three Cups there. Like... Marion Hossa, um, he was a guy who really thrived off high-pressure situations, too. I mean, his playoff points, 97 points, or sorry, uh, 97 assists, 149 points in 205 playoff games. Like, this guy only missed the playoffs twice in his NHL career, and that's with the Thrashers. I mean, I guess his rookie year with the Sens when he only played seven games in 1997-98, they didn't make the playoffs. But other than that, He's made it every single year, uh, apart from the Thrashers year. So that just goes to show you how important he was to that dynasty. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's too crazy to say if Host is not on those Blackhawks teams, do they win three cups? Probably not. Fourteen times he scored more than twenty goals, and doing it on, on both ends of the rink in two thousand two, two thousand three, the year where the Sens made it to Game Six of the, um, or sorry, Game Seven against New Jersey. Um, in the conference finals, that was his best year ever. 
statistically in terms of goals, 45 goals. And that's a big reason why he's fourth all time in Sens history in the goals list. So don't forget about that when you think, obviously, the the Hawks, he had his uh, most shine there. How can you not on the biggest stage in the Stanley Cup finals? But he had a lot of success in Ottawa, and it's too bad that it didn't work out. And the way that he left Ottawa sucked. Restricted free agent. They finally agree to a deal right before arbitration. And then John Muckler goes around and, and kind of behind his back trades him. And people, I think, underestimate the fact or the the outcome that that had on Zdeno Chera being gone in free agency after the next year. That was one of his best friends, a guy who uh, took him under his wing growing up as a young player from the same country. And um, I think that left a bad taste in Chera's mouth, the way that uh, Hosa left Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's it's like any situation where, um, I mean, definitely a different scenario. But think back to the Islanders when uh, John Tavares, uh, Kyle Okpozo, and um, Matt Molson were two of his best friends and running mates. And they had so much success together. And then when the Islanders kind of traded them and uh, went away from them, I think that kind of left a sour taste in Tavares' mouth, too. So, you know, it's important to keep your star guys and your key guys happy. And Why break up good chemistry if you have it? So that's definitely a reason I think uh, things didn't work out with Chara coming after that. But let's not uh, let's not get too sour about it because that trade did bring over Danny Heatley, which uh, he put some pucks in the net too. Yeah, hundred goals in in the first two seasons for Danny Heatley, five more obviously than Hosa had uh, at his peak. But congratulations to Marion Hosa, a heck of a hockey player, and really happy to see him. As for Alfie and Brian Murray. Sense Twitter, you guys, we did what we could this year. And the beauty is, there's always next year. It's only the fourth time that Daniel Alfredson's been passed for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And if you look at Kevin Lowe and Doug Wilson, two guys who haven't played since the early 90s, um, you have to wait sometimes. That's kind of the beauty of it. Next year's class, the first ballot, guys, Yermer Yager, you can absolutely lock <laughs> that That's up. one of the biggest locks of all time. Absolutely. And then the Sedin twins. And that's where I draw the line. There is no chance that the Sedin twins should get in before Alfie. The reasoning that maybe some would argue they should is the one major award. They each have uh, an Art Ross and one has an MVP. But I don't know. I just don't see them on the same class. Less goals, less points, less playoff success. Um, one of them was never a captain. I mean, how could you if you played on the same <laughs> team, though? Maybe they swap jerseys every once in a while. You never Who know. Knows? But, uh, yeah, so that's going to be the 2021 competition. So, Twitter, bring your best. And to do that, you got to make sure that your body is locked and loaded. And that's why Built Bar is perfect for you, especially if you haven't tried it. You just put in the promo code locked on when you go to BuiltBar.com and you can have this delicious treat. It literally tastes like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar. Tons of fiber, tons of protein, and it's low in sugar, which is perfect because you don't want that hangover from having too much sweets. Um, The less that you can have, the better you'll feel, especially the next morning. When your muscles are sore, the last thing you want is that dehydration from the sugar. So Built Bar, it's the perfect healthy bar. You're going to maintain or lose weight, but feel like you're indulging in a treat. It's almost like dessert. It really is. Pillsy, I know you love your mint brownie. I love the mint brownie. I think that was the last flavor I highlighted here. But you know what, guys? 
maybe you're sick of hearing it from Ross, you know, the same kind of story. And you're not sure whether you believe Ross that Built Bar is the number one protein and energy bar you should go to. Look for it. yourself. Go on BuiltBar.com. Compare them to other uh, protein bars. I'm not even going to mention these protein bars because Built Bar just just destroys the competition in almost every category. You're looking at calories, fat, net carbs, sugar, um, fiber, protein. Look for yourself at the bottom of the Built Bar website. They show you all the stats and compare it to four other uh, major protein bars. And you can see for yourself that Built Bar is the protein bar that you want. And not just because of those stats, but also incredible flavors. You heard it from Brandon Piller, who indulges in his Built Bars. You can get your Built Bars too. BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. A, they'll know that we sent you. And B, gets you $10 off your first purchase. That's a beer on us. Just go to BuiltBar.com and put in promo code LOCKEDON. Now, Piller, this is an exciting part of the show. We're going to get to draft prospect number eight momentarily probably the best shooter pure goal scorer in the draft but before we do that we've been spinning this tankathon wheel for about 80 episodes it feels like it's been it's crazy. since january 1st but we've consolidated the actual totals to the last day of the season that's when the standings have been set so we will tweet that out on on, on our twitter account at send central pilsy would you like to do the honor and give our first last spin before I do that, Ross, how are we going to do this? Are we just going to say the best spin of the both of us is the official, unofficial Locked On Senators podcast spin? Or do we just pick one of us that's going to spin? Or we just do one spin total? I think that after we'll each do one just to okay. finish it off. Yeah. And then usually we have parley here, so we get the three spins. We'll spin a third time. And that's and the one. And that is the official Send Central oh Lock of the Century oh. Draft Lottery Prediction. All right, here we go. I'll get it started then. Yeah, we're not going to use this one. Uh, the Rangers get first overall. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, Detroit second, Anaheim third, and then Ottawa coming in at four and five. So four and five, that statistically is the most likely, most probable scenario. So By, by a lot too, especially like the way just from our spins... We at 34 right now. I'll wait and I'll tell them after we get the official one now that I'll give my spin. As I do, the lottery phase one coming up in one day, seven hours, 46 minutes at this time of recording. And Pillar, we're not going to use this one either. We have four and five. The good news is that the two teams that jumped up, Minnesota at two and Chicago at three, both in the Western Conference, but Detroit holding on to that first pick. And I mean, you have to say... That if Detroit gets it, it's pretty well earned. Let's just quickly, uh, before we do our spin, mention the best stat of the entire year. Jimmy Howard, two wins, 23 losses, and two overtime losses. So if Detroit that gets That is impressive one, tanking. Like that, that, how do you beat that? That is the ultimate tank stat right there. Yeah. The official Send Central lottery prediction is a little bit better than our previous two. We have Detroit at one. Minnesota again, back-to-back, -back, moves up to number two. And then the San Jose Sharks pick, third overall. And Ottawa stays, well, moves down two, but is at fourth. So third, third and fourth. And fourth. And I'm going to take a screenshot of this one, and we'll tweet that out with our total of 
the since March 11th. So this has been a lot of fun, but you know, it'd be a lot more fun is the two picks coming in and allowing us to never worry about the draft lottery again, because after this, maybe one last one next year, we'll see how, how everything plays out. Maybe 2021, we get one more high pick, but unparalleled success. You're on the clock. Look, we want to let you know that the locked on senators podcast and the locked on podcast network as a whole stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, all the hosts, Brandon, myself, Chris, and all the other hosts on the entire Locked On Network are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the entire month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. Best part, so there's only a few days left, and the best part, is that you can make your own donation along with us and help us take more money out of the pockets of our bosses and put them to work for social justice. Make your own donations at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. That's LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. And one guy who might even be available, if, if three and four, maybe not, but... Once you get to five category or five ranking, Alexander Holtz could be your guy. He is number eight on the Send Central draft rankings. We said the best goal scorer in the draft. What makes him so special? Yeah, well, we just looked at uh, arguably the best goal scorer in the draft. And Jack Quinn, I mean, putting up 52 goals is pretty crazy. If that doesn't say goal scorer, I don't know what does. But then you're looking at a guy like Alexander Holtz who is playing in a much tougher league. He's playing against guys much older, bigger, stronger than he is, as opposed to the Ontario Hockey League. But this guy is definitely a, a better goal scorer than Quinn, I would say. Just elite shot, smooth skater. And you know what I love most about Holtz, Ross, is his ability to get that wrist shot top shelf from any location. It's uncanny. Like, there was, like, his release is so quick. And I didn't see any of his wrist shots go anywhere below the shoulders of the goalie. Like, he is shelfing it every time. And then, if he's in a position where he's not coming in with the puck or his teammates have the puck, he's got a great net presence. Like, he's in front of the net. He's battling with those defensemen. He's trying to deflect pucks. And I found he was really good at bearing those rebounds. You call him garbage goals. Call him what you want. They look the same on the stat sheet to me, and they they help your team win games. And that's the kind of like drive to score goals that Holtz has. Like this guy wants to score goals; he needs to score goals. Uh, he compared himself to the likes of Stamkos, Ovechkin, Drysital. But how about a, a quote from uh, someone who definitely knows him pretty well? And that's Raymond, Lucas Raymond, another great prospect that we're going to get to uh, within the next week, I would assume. And Raymond said he's great. When he gets an opportunity, he will put it in the net nine times out of ten. If you can get him to the uh, puck, he can create. He's an amazing shooter. He gets open, and I try to find him. It makes my job easy. That's what you want to hear from a playmaking player like Raymond. It makes his job easy. Like, this is Spezza to Heatley all day, these two. And... Depending on how uh, the lottery goes, I would have no problem at all. And I mean, we can touch on this now or later if the Sens took Raymond and Holtz because 
I think when you have chemistry like that at a young age and you develop together, it's only going to get stronger. I'm not going to say it's similar to the Sedins, two Swedes, because I don't think any hockey players or I don't even think two human beings have the same kind of chemistry and uh, connection as those two guys. But Raymond and Holtz seems to work. And uh, Holtz could use a guy like Raymond to feed him the puck if he's going to get uh, 30 goals in the NHL, which I don't think would be too crazy. I'd say even 40 is pretty reasonable. Let's get into their relationship in a minute because as a goalie-friendly show, I have to say I was a little offended at how many of these goals were going in from beyond the top of the circle. That's how elite this guy's shot is. He's making goalies look silly, and they're not playing like Henrik Lundqvist on their goal line. These goalies are out in in front of their crease, um, heels on the top of the crease, and he is going, picking corners. In honor of Chris Parliament not being here, a player comparable, I see a bit of Mike Hoffman in this guy's game. Little drag and shoot. Maybe you want him to, to, you know, pick up his feet a little bit. The skating isn't there, yeah. Exactly, but when he gets the puck in his spot, look out. Yeah, and I mean, you heard Raymond say it. Nine times out of ten, 90%. I'll take that. That sounds good to me. Um, so, yeah, Ross, what what is your opinion on that? Like, do you think uh, getting Raymond and Holtz two, two wingers, so you're not really filling the need of a centerman or right-shot defenseman with your two top picks, but you're getting that uh, chemistry that you can't put a price on that, right? Like, these guys are going to hop into training camp and just light it up, and you're going to automatically put them on the same line. Do you think that's worth it to put your eggs in that kind of basket, or do you want to see them mix it up if they get in the scenario where Holtz and Raymond are available? Yeah, well, for me uh, to start is I have Lucas Raymond as a winger, um, and they both shoot right. So technically on, the, on both their Swedish hockey league teams, they're both right wingers. You often see that goal-scoring type uh, shooter play on their off wing, um, you mentioned one of the guys there uh, in Ovechkin, Kucherov, another one, Panarin. A lot of those, uh, I feel like Russians more than any, um, like to play on their off wing. But Holtz did that during the Swedish event, the U-17, the U-16, when they play on the same line as Raymond. And they nicknamed themselves, well, they didn't give it, but they have earned the nickname the Terror Twins. Because when these two are together, it's it's just instant chemistry. And I'm all for it. And then when you dig into the numbers, Cam Robinson, who's a really good scout, um, he writes with the Elite Prospects, among others. He mentioned in a tweet um, a couple months ago that in the last 30 years, there's been two U18 players who have scored goals at a higher rate in the Swedish Hockey League than Alexander Holtz. Would you like to take a guess at who they are? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know this one. The two players are Marcus Nasland and Peter Forsberg. Those are the only Decent. two guys who have scored more at a higher clip. Yeah, so it's uh, Nasland was 0.31, Peter Forsberg was 0.3, and Alexander Holt scores in 0.26% of the games. He's a, a driving, he can play a possession game, he can control the puck, his stick handling is not as good as Raymond, but it's not bad either. I think skating is the one weakness though, eh? Well, skating and then... And this this is where I find it tough because it's not really fair to uh, you know look look at the defensive part of his game as a real weakness because he's he's a pure goal scorer kind of guy and when you're doing that like like think back to you compared him to Hoffman which I think is a good comparison think back to Hoffman playing for Guy Boucher and getting stuck in that fourth line because he's not back checking hard enough he's not forechecking hard enough he's not doing those defensive uh, neutral zone things away from the puck that the coach wants him to do. But 
that's because that's going to take away from his goal scoring abilities. Make sure you're giving him the opportunities to score and not just saying he needs to be a better defensive player because that's not his game. And he's not going to succeed if he doesn't feel like he's in a position to fully uh, go offensive. And he's not always worrying about back checking. That's, that's where you have other guys, hopefully a centerman and another winger that can kind of, uh, help hit those kind of problems that he has and stick back a little bit, especially a two-way centerman would be great uh, that can dish the puck to him and cover up for his defensive uh, irresponsibility. So I think skating is going to get better with time. The defensive aspect, I think a lot of these guys, like you see guys like Ovechkin and uh, these pure goal scorers, they don't really tune into the defensive part of their game till later on when they realize that's what they need to do to win championships. Like, you look at you look at like Leafs teams where it's just just full of offensive firepower from young guys, and they realize in the playoffs that doesn't work, and they need to start uh, going back the other way. I think that's what you'll see from Holtz. He'll start off right out of the gate scoring goals, not worrying about defense, and then eventually, when he wants to win, he'll figure out how to uh, play properly back on defense. He's from Jurgarden in Sweden, the same um, the same program that developed Mika Zibanejad, who went sixth overall. So that's six pick. If they go decide to go back to to Jurgarden, you know you're going to get a guy who can put the puck in the net. He scored nine goals, which is pretty impressive in a league that's dominated by older players. Nine goals in 35 games. I mentioned that scoring clip being so elite at the under-20 level. He played three games in the under-20 league. Uh, he scored seven goals. So I think he's a little beyond um, that that league and then at the world juniors he had five points in seven games which is pretty impressive as well we don't so sorry uh do you see him jumping right into an nhl lineup or do you think he stays in sweden maybe some time in the ahl what do you think think he'd look good in belleville i really do um especially like yeah it's it's pretty impressive that he can score from so far out but i i like having the guys come over a year earlier because playing on that ice i don't think you can underestimate uh, the importance of that but if he chooses to stay in Sweden, that's fine as well. I'd have no problem with that. Um, I know F- uh, Freddie Schuström was on. Uh, he's a former NHLer, but he's the GM of Frölunda. So they had him on uh, TSN 1200 in Ottawa um, the other day, and he said that he thinks Holtz and Raymond should both uh, stay in Sweden for one more year. Of course, he has uh, a bit yeah. of a bias with Raymond, um, having that affect his team directly. But it'll be interesting to see. What do you think about that? I, I think, uh, yeah, similar to you, like. It's tough because I think a lot of young guys, they develop um, not just the hockey side of the game, but, you know, they're still with family and friends. They're they're in a comfortable environment. Um, They're not worried about uh, language barriers, although Swedish players often have very, very good English. Um, You know, it's just that comfort that if they stay in Sweden, they can just focus on their game. There's not uh, drastic life changes happening, whereas sometimes you come over to America and um, I talked to Marcus Hogberg when he was still playing in Brampton and he was telling me the differences of being in Sweden and then now living in Brampton and driving around uh, playing in the East Coast Hockey League. What a what a kind of shock that was to his body and to his mental uh, preparation for the game. So I think sometimes that can be a hindrance, but I, I think especially with what you said, the different ice, you've got to get used to that as soon as possible. I think the more time you're spending away from that, it's kind of doing... Um, it's not really good for your development because eventually you're going to have to make that switch and that's going to have to happen. And I think if the centers decide to draft Holtz, having him come over and play a year in Belleville and win a Calder cup sounds good to me. 
Well, let's put it in perspective. Only eight players in Sens history have ever scored over 40 or more goals, the last being Daniel Alfredson in 07-08, putting 40 in the back of the net. And this is one of those rare players who has that potential. So it's going to be really intriguing for whatever team drafts him and has a good playmaking center that they can put with him right away because he is a guy that if you get the puck, he is going to find the back of the net. All right, before we go, Pilsy, we do want to mention that Friday night, during the draft lottery, we'll be joining a Locked On Live. So uh, we'll tweet out at Send Central the link if you want to hop on, maybe mute TSN and still have it in the background. But it's going to be from 8.30 to 8.35, give or take. Like, let's say 8.30 to 8.50. So that might be during um, the most important part of the night. That's so when wants- we're coming on the show, just to clarify. it's uh, I'm pretty sure they're doing an hour and a half uh, live. It's the Locked On Red Wings, guys. And... Um, if you guys, if you guys want some different content, a little different than the kind of stuffy stat uh, uh, production uh, that you'll probably get from TSN, we're gonna be having some fun. And I think this is gonna be the best part of it, Ross. We're gonna have the Locked On Sharks uh, podcast come on, and uh, we'll do a little bit of a roast, but we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it friendly, we'll keep it light. But uh, it's gonna be fun roasting the Sharks, uh, watching them. Uh, kind of squeal as we had to when the Avalanche had our pick, and uh, I don't, it would be really hard to stay friendly if the Senators do end up getting the first overall pick with that Sharks pick. I think uh, that would just be too perfect. Well, we are hours now, hours away from finding out. So stay tuned at Sense Central. We'll be your place for all the info you need leading up to the NHL Draft Lottery, the biggest day in Sens history potentially for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast where we've got your team every day